Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Monday and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe, and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. I'm Anthony Totry. There you are. Joined, as always, by Sean DePaz. Yeah, he is. And yet again, Shane Diefenbach, not with us today. No, he's not. He's busy. He's he at Radio busy. Row. Not good enough for us. Thing. Or, no. Too good for us. Is what I too meant to good. Say. Not good enough. For That's us. not what I meant to he say. Already, he Listen, already. He already. Yeah, gave I, you I, shit. I have given Shane enough fodder for him to hate me oh, since man. he's been gone. That was entirely accidental. Since you've been gone, you are too good for us. Mm. We're not good enough for you. Well, in exchange for Shane not being here today, he oh. did provide us some Kenny Dillingham mm. content that we will get to a little bit later in the show. So definitely stick around for that. Uh, he had, an, I believe, an eight-minute conversation today on Radio Row with Kenny Dillingham, just talking about. Everything that's gone on over the course of the last two, three, four weeks even um, in terms of recruiting, transfer portal, and really what's ahead for the Sun Devils. So like I said, stay tuned for that. Before we get into ASU football, though, I do want to talk ASU basketball oh, yeah. for a second because basketball is obviously in season. And we talked a little bit on the postgame show on Saturday, right? We talked about how this team has a stretch now over the next four games to really set themselves up mm-hmm. to, I would say, not necessarily make noise, but to give their big dance chances a little bit of life. Yeah. Because right now it feels like it's dead in the water. It, it does not feel great. It feels like we, I, I feel like Jack and the Titanic just holding on to the, the door. And it seems like there should be enough room on the door, but there's not currently. And I just, hoping Rose, and by Rose, I mean Oregon or Utah, just get out of the way and let me get on the. Get, let me get on the, the, the dresser door, whatever it was. So you teed it up perfectly. You've got Utah, Oregon, and I would say Arizona State. Those three teams all feel like they're, they're the triplets yeah. of the Pac-12 right now. Um, I would have thrown USC into that conversation probably a couple of weeks ago, but at this point, USC... They're separated a little bit. They look clearly like the third best team in this conference. So with ASU, with Oregon, with Utah, we're going to call that the circle of suck. For right now, okay? I know the circle of suck has a different like meaning in terms of the Pac-12 when people beat each other. Uh, but for this purpose, let's take a look at what these teams have ahead of them over the next four games, right? So you've got Arizona State at 16-8, and eight, Oregon 14-10, and 10, and then Utah 16-9, and nine, and you see their respective conference records. Sean, out of these 
four teams, mm-hmm. you see the remaining schedule. It's pretty clear that ASU has the easiest <laughs> stretch. Yeah, yeah, they're the only one that doesn't have to play a ranked team. Um, Utah has to play two. I forgot the number next to Arizona, but uh, number four Arizona. Yeah, yeah, so two top ten teams. UCLA or Oregon has to play USC and UCLA. Um, yeah, ASU clearly has the the toughest part. And I think that's one thing that we have kind of left out of the context or left out of the conversation about kind of this race for the fourth fourth spot, uh, fourth seed in the, the conference is that ASU had a very difficult stretch. They have had to play all of the best teams in the conference already. Um Oregon and and now they have them out of the way they don't have to play them so this is a chance for them to kind of make up remake up some ground on these other two teams in the conference because I mean you look at it I think ASU is better than the four teams they have to play and you can't say that for Oregon or Utah um so these are these are a huge stretch of four games um and yeah like you mentioned it seems like they are kind of clinging on to their their March Madness hopes for dear life but it's a little bit by a thread um and so you kind of you kind of have to Go out and, and win these four. Yeah, uh, for everybody on audio, just want to go through the the remaining four games that these these teams have. So ASU is at Stanford, then at Cal, two very very winnable games. Yes. Then Colorado, Utah. That Utah game is going to be big, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't look past Colorado, and I wouldn't look past Stanford either. No. Uh, both those teams do have some nice wins this season. You look at Oregon; they've got USC, which we've already talked about, is, <laughs> is clearly the third best team in the Pac-12. Then number seven, UCLA. If there is a team out of these three that would beat UCLA, I would say it's Oregon. I think they match up much better than ASU or Utah. Then at Washington, at Wazoo. Can't look past either one of those teams either, especially on the road. Yeah, up up in the PNW is always tough. And then Utah. uh, Home against Colorado. They have a weird schedule. They don't play this Thursday, but they play Saturday, I believe, Colorado. Then at Arizona, which we already talked about as a top five team in the nation. Then at Arizona State, that's going to be a tough game for them. Mm -hmm. And then number seven, UCLA. Which of these three teams, Sean, do you think has the most to gain from these next four games? And which of these teams has the most to lose from these next four games? Um, Most to gain? I mean, I feel like it's got to be... Well, it's tough because ASU has the most to gain in the sense that they have the easiest schedule so they could in theory get four wins and that does a lot for them in the conference standing mm-hmm. that said they don't have, really have an opportunity to get any like marquee wins which as we've talked about is something that they are missing in oregon uh, and utah both have those wins yeah i would say that oregon has the most to gain in a way they have the most to gain and the most to lose i think okay. they have the most to gain in the sense that they have the hardest schedule if they can come out of there with some big wins they can have a chance to separate themselves from utah and ASU, especially considering the fact that I would say out of these three teams, they are playing the best basketball right now. Yeah. Um, but in that, on the other side of that, they have a lot to lose in the sense that they are playing the best basketball right now. Now they have to run through a little bit of a gauntlet that could easily knock them out of their their momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that, ASU obviously has a lot to gain in the sense that they need to win these games. So if they can get four wins, it puts them in a really good spot. They also have a lot to lose in the sense that they, I feel like, are the closest to the edge of the cliff of these three teams. If they drop one or two of these games, it could be... All she wrote. Utah is kind of just in the middle there. I, I feel like um, their schedule is so tough that if they lose the games, people aren't really going to think much of it. Um, but if man, if they can win those games, then yeah, uh, everyone has a lot to gain here. Um, but Utah, Utah already kind of has like a marquee win over Arizona. Um, so does Oregon, though, I suppose. So it, the, Oregon and Utah are, are in two very, very, very similar places. Yeah. Um, 
but I would say Oregon's playing the best basketball, so they have a lot to lose in that sense. Utah, Utah, no one was expecting them to be here. If they lose, whatever. I don't really care about Utah. I, I want to get into JJ's comments for a quick second. ASU and ASU fans should table talks, table turning talks for now, focus on getting a buy in the Pac-12 tournament. Sure. Absolutely. That's something that we've been talking about uh, for a while now. You don't want to look past the Pac-12 tournament because obviously you can get yourself into the big dance just by winning it. Yeah, I mean, shit, um, you could lose the rest of these games, and if you win the Pac-12 tournament, it doesn't matter. But ASU basketball has never in uh, program history won the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. So not a, a good sign in terms of the earlier question. I think Utah has the most to gain. Um, you figure if you can get another ranked win, whether that be over Arizona on the road or against number seven UCLA, to A, either sweep Arizona, which would be wild, yeah. or to split against two top 10 teams in your conference, easily number one and number two in the Pac 12, that would go a long way in furthering their resume as it relates to the big dance the team with the most to lose i think it's clearly arizona state because yeah. if you drop any of these next four games uh specifically you drop that utah or that cal game for two different reasons you're on the outside looking in and i don't think you get back in unless you win the pac-12 tournament Agreed. a utah loss puts another one of these teams right above you in terms of pac-12 okay if we have to say they want five mm-hmm. pac-12 teams or six pac-12 teams at this point you're like okay utah has the edge over Arizona State. If you lose to Cal, you lose to arguably one of the worst teams in college basketball, a team that I want to say at this point has maybe four wins total on the season, not just conference wins. Um, That would be one of the worst losses in recent memory. I I would say you lose to Cal, that is worse than the Texas Southern loss, and that is worse than getting boat raced by San Francisco. I would not say that it's worse than the Texas Southern loss because Texas Southern is bad for a non-Power 5 school. Cal, Cal is 2-10 in conference, 3-20 and 20 overall. 3-20. and 20. How many wins does Texas Southern have on the season? I think they have four. Um, <laughs> but Texas Southern is playing as a significantly worse, like, significantly worse competition. Um, but regardless, losing to Cal would be, yeah, folded up at that point. Like you, At that point, it's when the Pac-12 tournament of your season is completely over. Um, I mean, it's probably like that likely that you lose any game in your season might be over, but, um, yeah, man, God, if they lose to Cal, if they lose to Cal, it's it, Bobby loses his job. Yeah. Barring a Pac-12 championship. Cause Bobby you couldn't, you job. couldn't defend it, right? No, you can't that, defend losing to a team yeah. that is three and 20. Yeah. Three and 20 Absolutely is a football <laughs> score, dude. Like <laughs> it's, yeah. it shouldn't be a record for a college basketball team. 23 games into the season. No, it should not. Yeah, no, no, no. that's a that's a that's a bad team. You cannot afford, cannot lose those games because now you're at this point where you absolutely, obviously, you have to win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah, um, yeah. No, you got to. And I don't think just like escaping with a win over Cal really does much either. You I have think to, you, gotta, you have to kick the shit out. Yeah, you got to boat race that that team. Um, so we'll see, because <laughs> you know it'd be prime prime Sun Devil letdown spot, but. We'll 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 see. They could be past the letdown. Texas spot, Southern though. has seven wins. A whole, they have seven, seven wins. and sixteen. Yeah, so look they're at not that. awful. Good for the resume. Not awful. Uh, Creighton did sneak back into the AP Let's top go. twenty-five, so that does benefit Arizona State. I don't know what Michigan's looking like these days, uh, but I don't believe they're looking like a top twenty-five team. No. And while we're still on the topic of ASU basketball, right? You still need a marquee win. Like yeah, even if you 100%. win these next four. You, I still feel like you have to beat either Arizona 
or UCLA. And honestly, out of those two teams, I know Arizona's your rival. I feel better about UCLA. Really, I feel better about Arizona. I just think this team has played UCLA so hard over the last, I guess, two years. They played them so hard earlier this year. Um, I just, I think ASU matches up a little better against UCLA too. I don't really think ASU is much of an answer for Tabellus and Balo if they are on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can the guard ASU's guard play could hypothetically if they are all playing their best keep up with. Um, UCLA, especially if they they shut down Jaime Hawkins like they did last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I mean, obviously, they're both going to be two very, very tough opponents. Um, and I would much rather have a win over U of A than UCLA for a number of obvious reasons. But um, yeah, either one, either one would do. Well, we'll see, obviously, what happens and transpires with ASU basketball here over the next couple of weeks. They've got Stanford on Thursday, and then they've got Cal on Saturday, so definitely keep it locked in with PHNX Sunnibals because we'll be live for both of those post-game shows. Guys, I know we're, we're waiting for the Kenny Dillingham interview. If you're in the chat, we're going to get to that here in a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app and how you can make some money yeah. on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Guys, the Super Bowl is in town. You guys should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Guys, $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. Sean, I don't know if, if you and I had this conversation yet, but it is only Monday, and I am already sick. Of all of the people in town. Yeah, I don't I don't really like it. I, at first, I thought it was going to be really cool to be in a city while they're holding a, a Super Bowl. Because I've never lived in a city where they're holding like a, a massive event like this. Um, it's it's not really all that cool. Um, especially because, you know, now if I'm like at a restaurant and I'm ordering my four peaks, it takes a little longer to get. And I get impatient. If I want my, I want, shout out J.G. Wentworth. I want my four peaks and I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want your Four Peaks and you want it now, head over to Four, four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Yes, um, like I said, Super Bowl right around the corner. Four Peaks is a perfect, perfect beer for the big game because they got something for everybody. You know, you're, you got your, your, your family coming in town. Get Grandma a Peach Al. She'll love the subtle Ooh. peach flavor. Get Granny get, Hammered. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get Dad, uh, you know, a, a Hot Knot IPA. Get your cousin who, you know, you like taking holiday walks with if you feel my drift. Um, some recreational juice dank IPA. Um, they got something for everybody. Um, check them out. Yes, Four sir. Peaks. Yes, sir. Get it in ya. Four Peaks. Get it in ya. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time. We've got it's the interview with Shane and Kenny Dillingham. Uh, before we get into it, Sean, anything specific that you're looking forward to in this conversation? Because we don't know. Kenny's face. We have no idea what this conversation was. Nah, I'm just, I honestly just... I'm just interested to see Kenny's energy because, like, it, it, I have not seen him slip yet. Like, I haven't seen him be in a moment. It's like, oh, you are human. Like, you do get tired sometimes. Or you do get sad sometimes. I haven't seen it. He's always happy and energetic. Um, so I'm just, I'm just really interested to see the kind of energy he he, he brings with Shano, who has energy in his, his own kind of energy. Oh, absolutely. Well, without further ado, let's see what Kenny and Shane had to talk about this morning on Radio Row. Down here at Radio Row, Coach Kenny Dillingham, thank you for joining us. Appreciate taking the time. Of course. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. just Let's just get right into it. I mean, this whole, these last two months for you have just been a whirlwind. Is there any way you can try to just put that into words what the last two months have been like? Drinking water out of a fire hose, 
I mean, that's about as simple as you could put it. I mean, every single day there's new obstacles, new problems, new positives. I mean, that's the, the best part about this is everybody wants to dwell on how hard it is, but it's, it's something I dreamt of my entire life. So ready for the challenge and excited every single day when I wake up. We were talking a little bit before, and you were saying the first couple weeks, you know, when everyone's kind of going out and doing the recruiting, trying to get their guys out. Of, of, of the program, you were trying to keep some guys in, talk to them. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was great. I mean, when I first took the job, the first thing I wanted to do was get in front of our players. So I had a team meeting with our players. Then I had them set up individual meetings. Uh, so I met with every player on our team, either individual or in small, small groups, the first three to four days, the first week. I didn't go on the road. I didn't recruit. It was about our guys. It was about the guys in the building, the guys who were Sun Devils. And then when our staff you know, started to come together, it was, okay, we could go out and recruit kids or we could get them on the phone and bring them here. And the one thing that I know about being born and raised here is this is a pretty good place to be, especially this time of year. So we need to bring kids here, show them what we have to offer. So those first three weeks were about bringing kids here to our campus and they were about our players. Definitely. You obviously know from firsthand experience the potential that ASU has from sports and just in general. What do you think has been lacking in the past, and what has this reception been like from the community lately after your activation? Yeah, I mean, lacking, I just think consistency. Consistency as a, as a staff wanting to be here and really building for the future, not how can I have a flash in the pan of success. It's really easy in college football to do to have a flash in the pan of success with the transfer portal and how you can recruit in some different changes in the game you can you can put a flash in the pan almost anywhere but when you're somewhere that you want to be over the longevity of time it, it has to operate differently so I think somebody that wants to be here a group of people that want to be here and then fans who are going to show that support I mean at the end of the day we're going to have some elite players in our building to watch games we're going to have some elite players fired up to come here but if they don't see that this isn't a, a program that has the support of the fan base, if they don't see the butts in the seats like I mentioned in my press conference, then it's all for naught. Because they're gonna show up somewhere and it's gonna be a sold out crowd with people excited, people going crazy. If we can create that environment here, right, that's one more thing that somebody can't say, why not us? And when you're recruiting, you're not checking why us, you're removing why not us. And right now that's a problem that people are gonna walk into and say that's the reason why I can't. Us as a fan base, us as a Valley, can remove that box. And that's one of the biggest hurdles that we have. Absolutely. Well, we've talked about the activation on our show a lot, Coach, and it's obviously not just a phrase you're using. It's, it's, we can truly see it happening. And it's not just for the football program. You know, we saw you guys out at the ASU basketball game the other day. What does activating the Valley mean to you? I mean, it just means everybody getting involved. College sports are different than professional sports. We have a huge media market here. We have all the professional sports, right? However, college sports are different. They feel different. The game days are different. That's not taking away from professional sports. I grew up a diehard Cardinals fan, Diamondbacks fan, Suns fan, ASU fan. It's just different. And kids need to feel the, the youth, the three, five, seven, eight, ten-year-olds need an environment of college sports. They need it. And it's us as a community, it's us as a valley to give them that right here. And that's what I mean by activate the valley is it doesn't mean if you, it doesn't mean you have to donate a dollar. It means come out to a tailgate and then go out on mill and watch the game there. It means how can, what can you do personally to create an environment around college athletics here in one of the best cities in America? Definitely. So big get uh, this last week, Jaden Rashada 
uh, is a Sun Devil. What were your conversations early like with him, and kind of what, what is he like as a person? Well, one, he's an unbelievable kid. He's super low-key, as the kids say nowadays, super <laughs> to himself. Uh, he obviously, it's funny I say the word low-key because his name is the one of the, you know, the, the talking points yeah. of college football. But him as a person, unbelievable person, he's about family. He wants to take care of others. When he makes decisions, it's how can I help other people? How can I help other people? How can I help other people? So that, if you had to say who Jaden Rashada is, he's an unbelievable kid who's trying to help other people, who's always looking out for other people because that's just the, the nature of who he is and how the conversations went were, Jaden, eventually in your life, you gotta do something for you. You gotta go to where what makes you happy because if you go to where what place that makes you happy, you're gonna be better, you're gonna perform better, you're gonna be happier and you're gonna have more success. So you gotta be able to remove all the noise and go to a place that you want to go to and be happy, and your success will come through that. Yeah, one of the things you talked about in your introductory press conference was being honest with kids when recruiting. Um, talking about kids that are here now, like quarterback Drew Pine and the other quarterbacks in the room, what has that conversation been like bringing Rashada in? Yeah, I honestly haven't even had a conversation with them because they know I'm going to continually bring in players here that can make us better. So from here till eternity... If a kid asks, am I taking a transfer? If a kid asks, I'm taking another high school kid. If a kid asks, am I taking two high school kids, three high school kids? The answer will always be, if he can make us better, I will. Because i that's how it's going to work regardless of where you go. It's just a matter of if a coach is going to lie to you or not. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like. We're going to bring in players that can make us better. Definitely. Well, you're very active on Twitter as well, and as an entire staff, really. How important is it to not only be active on social media, but be relatable? Because, you know, you, I saw you quote tweeting Burrito Express, adding them. Uh, what is it like? How big is that to kids? Uh, I don't know. That's just my personality. <laughs> I think the one thing that every head coach that I respect has always told me and throughout my career was you're a genuinely honest person, sometimes to a fault, Right. You're genuine, you're honest. And then the other thing they always tell you is, don't try to be somebody else, be you when you get your opportunity. So that's just me being me. There's no filters, there's no fakeness. That's my personality, that's why I'm every day. So you know, now that I get to run a program, like that's what I would have always been, right? But I was obviously under other people who have a different light on social media. That's who I am, it's fun. right? The goal of life is to be a good person, help people be successful and enjoy it. Let's not lose sight of that, right? That, it's life. Enjoy life. Help people be successful. Teach kids how to grow, but enjoy it. Otherwise, you're going to wake up one day miserable, and then the next day miserable, and that's no way to live life. Definitely. I love that. Last question for me, Coach. You're going to take some time to unwind a little bit soon. Are you going to take a break anytime soon, or is it just go mode until the season starts? Well, you know, I told my wife we're going to have last Friday, we're going to have a half day, and then Saturday, Sunday, we we're going to have off this last week. So she said in honor of, you know, the signing class that we're going to Disneyland. So ironically, <laughs> she took me and my 10-month-year-old uh, to Disneyland. So Let's go. I don't make many decisions. She makes most <laughs> of the decisions when I get home. So we went to Disneyland. We just got back in town uh, Sunday night. So it was a good time. Love that. Love that. Well, Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. If you ever have an opportunity to take uh, to talk to Coach, it's like a substitute for coffee in the morning. It's fantastic. <laughs> coach Kenny Dillingham, I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Dillingham to Disneyland. Dillingham to Dillingham. My gosh, there's a lot to get into uh, right there. Let us know in the chat what you enjoyed most about that conversation between Shane 
um, and Coach Dillingham and drop that like too mm. while you're at it because we yeah. got almost 40 of you guys in the chat. Um, Sean, for you, what what stood out to you most? And I know you you raised your eyebrows a little bit yeah. when when Drew Pine's name was brought up. Yeah, it was a little interesting to me to hear that Kenny hasn't had a conversation with Drew Pine. Um, was it a conversation like just in general or a conversation about Rashada? I mean, it was, I mean, about Rashada, like it, I mean, I, I guess I don't know, but I am surprised that since the Rashada signing, there hasn't, Kenny has not had a conversation with Drew Pine or any of the quarterbacks for that matter, but specifically Drew Pine, um, a guy who transferred in here, not, obviously not expecting to start, but I would say is the most talent of the guys that they had prior to Rashada. Yeah. Probably the favorite to start. Um, I'm conflicted on how I feel about it. I don't. My initial reaction is like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like that." Like, I feel like that's a a, a conversation that probably should be had. But on the other hand, it seems like it's kind of is just like that's Kenny. I think they 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 knew from the get that or Pine knew from the get that him coming here was not. This wasn't. He wasn't coming guarantee. here with the guarantee of starting. And and as long as as long as that has kind was kind of laid out from the get, like, listen, we want you here blah 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 but we're not like we're not stopping like there's a chance that other guys come and yeah. you have to be ready to compete regardless of who's here as long as that conversation we've had from the beginning and and pine at least always knew maybe not necessarily rashada but that adding another quarterback was always on the always on the table then then i can live with it otherwise ooh, i don't i it's a, it, a little unsettling i think and you got to think about the guys that are already here Right, you got to think about the quarterbacks. This isn't an Emory Jones. This isn't a, a Manny Wilkins. These these guys are very different personalities yeah. um, than the quarterbacks of the past for Arizona State. You look at a guy like Trenton Borgay. He understands a quarterback competition. True. You look like a guy, or you look at a guy like Drew Pine. He also understands waiting and then a quarterback competition. And then obviously Jacob Conover. We've talked about it. He's the wild mm-hmm. card. You don't really know what you're going to get with him. Um, I think for me, it feels like he is more of a guy that with the amount of eligibility he has left is more of like a sponge. Um, And obviously he'll be a part of the quarterback competition, but he understands where he's at Mm -hmm. in terms of this competition based off of a Drew Pine, a Trenton Bourget, and now a Jaden Rashada. Um, So it's definitely going to be interesting. What stood out most to me about that conversation was the, was the activate the Valley. Right. And and I know that's been the talking point of the Kenny Dillingham era over the last, I want to say almost 70 days now. And the way he described it, I thought was very interesting. And he's described it in the past, but a lot of people here activate the Valley. And to his point, I feel like they think about it immediately as I need to go to the games or or I need to donate or I need to do something related to ASU football. When in reality, it's just about showing support for the community and getting out there. Like he said, you don't even have to go to the game. Go to Mill, like surround the area. And that's what's going to get more of these recruits. That's what's going to get more of these transfers. That's what's going to get more people donating to this program yeah and i mean energy is infectious uh, i think just getting people energized about asu football is naturally going to get other people mm-hmm. energized about asu football and it gets to the point where if asu is good it's something that you feel across the entire city like everyone like when the suns are good for example when they're making their finals run like you feel like everywhere you go you feel everyone's like a suns fan everyone is a suns fan you, you can feel it in the air and and then obviously i'm not saying this team is going to be making a run for the national championship or anything like that but already you're seeing that there has been a new energy put into asu football so the season's going to come around and previously when somebody had asked oh do you want to go to the football game this this weekend like oh i don't want to do that 
and they're just going to lose. Like now there's a different kind of energy. Yeah. So you're getting people who might not have like, cause I mean, to a lot of people watching the show, you know, like your res devils, stuff like that. Like those people are going to be here regardless. You're not trying to activate them necessarily. And obviously there, you can't take their, their, their support for, for granted. Yeah. But you are trying to get, you know, you're trying to expand it. You're trying to get everyone activate the entire Valley. Um, it is getting those fringe people a little more excited about ASU, to which I, I, I feel like they have done a pretty good job so far. Um, so it, it is, it is very exciting. It was just fascinating to hear Kenny's kind of perspective on all of this. It is, it is so much more than trying to win football games. It's not just about getting talent and it's about building. And and it's, it is about something way bigger than just uh, the score of any single game. Yeah. Um, and that is having that a coach with that kind of perspective is, which is not to say that Herman company didn't necessarily have that, but well, you I don't think they did to be honest. I, yeah. I mean, it's fair. And, very and fair. I don't know if that's in, we, we go back and forth with the Herm era and it was doomed to fail. I feel like from the start, simply because you look at the passion that a younger coach, specifically a guy from Arizona has, Right. I don't think you could have two hires that are bigger polar opposites than Herm Edwards and Kenny Dillingham yeah. in the sense of you look at their age. Yes. You look at the reasons for why they want to be a part of Arizona state football, which I feel like wasn't necessarily a question that Ray asked Herm at the start of the Herm era. Right. I can almost guarantee you that there wasn't a face to face conversation between Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards where he said, Hey, Herm, why do you want to be a Sun Devil? You know how I know that? Because he didn't know what a Sun Devil was. He, I was at that <laughs> yeah. press conference and he didn't know that the mascot was a Sun Devil, yep. yeah. right? And you can feel that. You don't even have to ask Kenny for him to give you an answer as to why he wants to be here. Yeah, he no. didn't. It, like Shane didn't ask him why he wants to be a Sun Devil, and he said, "I grew up being X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I'm from here. I want to get people involved." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is. Because, I mean, in to Herm's defense, when you're getting a guy like Herm Edwards who is bigger than college football in a lot of ways, or at he least was at the time, not, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. Uh, like, it is at that point, it, the, the the dynamic of it switches a little bit to why you should be a Sun Devil, not do you want to be a Sun Devil. With Kenny, it was like, it. we we kind of knew or even early on that this was the job that he wanted. Yeah. He was going to have other options. This is the job that he wanted. Back then, ASU was like, they, they, it, Herm was their option. Can we get him here? Now it's yeah. like, all right. Now it, it's, it's, a, it's just so different in every single way. Um, and I mean, part of what, the, like we talked about with the activating the Valley thing is Kenny wants the, he's trying to develop the next Kenny. He's trying to develop the next Kenny Dillingham. We talked about the young kids who are going to be in to have a football team to root for, to have a, a, a college football team to root for. Like that, if Kenny had grown up during the Herm era, I don't know that we are in the same position we are now like i don't know her uh, he has the same love for asu that yeah he does now um and so having a guy like this is 20 30 years past kenny dillingham's time here could still be significant it could still i could have very very long lasting effects yeah um so like i always say i'm trying not to get too ahead of myself but it's hard not to be excited when you hear a man like that talk. Yeah, absolutely. Not only him talking about football, but him talking about Burrito Express, yes. too. I love the little B.E. shout out there. Guys, we've been on the B.E. train, okay? Done half. Go check out Burrito Express. They got locations just about everywhere in the Valley. Sean and I are on the same page right now. The steak, egg, 
add bacon is the way I to go. I have a new favorite burrito new, express. Oh, what is it? Let's hear um, it. Yeah, she went so, out of out. She left the breakfast menu. Yeah. Wow. So, so Sean texted me and Craig the other day. Do you want burrito express on Saturday? So I'm a good guy. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I know this is a hot take. I don't love egg in, my, in a okay. burrito, but so hot so take, yeah. Let take. me go off the breakfast. <laughs> Same thing. Steak and salsa. My really? Knee. Oh my god, loved it. That's my no, my new go to at burrito. And you know their, their steak goes crazy. crazy. Their yeah. steak does go crazy. Steak is such a slept on like uh, burrito meat. I think. Yeah. Um, and then you throw bacon in there. Bro. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, the, the oh. not liking egg in a burrito thing is such a bad take in my opinion. You are. I'll talk to two massive egg guys. Um, it's an opinion. So. Massive egg guys, yeah. bro. I had. We'll get into this after. I had like 14 eggs the other day. Jesus. Yeah, I had a lot of eggs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even. In this economy? <laughs> yeah, literally. literally. I'm not, I wish I was joking with you, but like by the end of the day, I was like, wait. I, I legit had 14 yeah. eggs this morning. Toshi's um, living out of his car now, so he could bump so, up his yeah, egg I've budget. actually got chickens running around my apartment. <laughs> yeah, he's just growing his own eggs. eggs. Uh, guys, buy a $25 Burrito Express gift card, and you're going to get a free burrito of your choice, whether that be the steak and egg, the steak and salsa, or really anything mm. on their menu. Again, head over to your nearby Burrito Express, Express location today and give them a follow on social at Burrito EXP. The, by far the worst part of Burrito Express is their salsa is so good that I'm always trying to like, I'm trying to drench the, like it, it's yeah. really some salsa with a side of burrito type yeah. thing. The problem is that a lot of times I'm eating them here and I, I am not the, the cleanest of eaters. So it's a little concerning when I'm sitting on the nice, more furniture recliners and I'm like dripping salsa mm. on the recliners. But they're, you know, they're high quality. They can take it. Um, if you want to get salsa all over your recliner, <laughs> get it all over your more. <laughs> that sounded like the worst sexual euphemism of all time. You get salsa on your recliner. <laughs> it, I, I just meant it like that. Get your head out of the gutter. Um, if you want some Burrito Express salsa, I mean, keep it off the recliner. But <laughs> go get yourself a more furniture recliner. Just do it. Listen to me. Um, as good as Burrito Express is. your salsa covered uh, yeah, recliners you know, with some brand new more furniture. Precisely. Precisely. Boom. That's what uh, we need Leah here. Leah lays a boom, My, guys. The only time I don't want Leah here is when she's giving impromptu Wildcats facts. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I love it when Leah is here. Um, and I love it when more furniture is here. Check them out. Go to morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R, furniture.com. So you can say big on the best furniture in the valley yes yes all right question for the entire chat okay all 42 of you i need some responses in here yes there has been a lot of transfers over the last 365 days for arizona state athletics mm -hmm. you look at the football program you look at the baseball program you look at the basketball program the softball program okay i want to know for you guys who is the kevin durant of transfers at arizona state now okay yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what the chat says. I'm gonna, I know we had talked about it briefly, and there was an obvious thing that came and up. You're, you're, oh, you're not going with the, the I'm easy not going option with now. the easy Well, I'm going what I think is the easy option to me, but what did not immediately come to my okay, head. Okay. I think it is obviously Robert Master Simone. Wow. Like he showed up and he became the best player on a, in NASU hockey. Like, all, all love to, to Josh Stone and, and TJ, but like, Mastro became like he was, he was a Hobie Baker candidate. He was one of the best players in the country. Um, and he like he definitely elevated. I, I this season is just so so much worse without Ma Mastro. Um, I mean, I think he has at least he has at least two overtime game winners for the Sun Devils this year. Um, yeah, he, he was a guy that came up. He, he transferred here immediately. Was the best player on the team and brought the team to a whole another level. Like I would suggest, I would believe that Kevin Durant would do and would be should he get traded to the Suns.
Okay. I am going to go with, I think I'm going to go with the answer then that yeah. you, that I mean, you it is, the, it is the second, uh, I, I think the most obvious answer. Yeah. yeah it's gotta be Des Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, Cause he was, you know, he transferred in here and almost immediately was the best player on this team. He's, he is the master of the, of the basketball team for night sure. Night in and night out. He's the guy that you can count on scoring, which is except a thing, for the except for the last game, <laughs> uh, which is something that this ASU basketball team needed. Yeah. 100%. Right. Now, there are a couple of other options that I feel like you could make a case for. You could look at the football team. Um, you could look at a guy like Clayton Smith. I feel like that, you know, has so much potential. I feel like he could be the best player on that defense, depending on what happens throughout the season. You could look at a guy like a DeCarlos Brooks, who, when you look over the last five years of ASU running backs, right, they have been the cream of the crop. They've been some of the best in the Pac-12. They've been easily the best players on the ASU offense. So DeCarlos Brooks figures to be that guy this coming season, right? So that's definitely a potential option. Um, I think those three, between Cambridge, Smith, and DeCarlos Brooks, and then you bring up, obviously, Mastro, too. I think those are all some phenomenal names that you could bring up into the conversation of potential Kevin Durant-like impact, yeah. right? Jason in the chat says, I love Washington. Warren Washington, I would say if this was a guy that was contributing as much as we want him to, <laughs> uh, if we were if we were running the ASU offense, I think Warren would get the ball in his hand probably every other possession because we think he's that talented. Yeah. Um, um, to answer Williams' comment in the chat, I'm pretty sure Leon Marchand was... He started here as a freshman, yeah, because um, he did cross my mind. I mean, he—I he, think he's the most Easily, dominant. He transferred yeah, here. He I, I think he is the most dominant. He is the—he is the best athlete at Arizona State University, in my opinion. He's yeah. Kevin Durant on the Thunder. He, I mean, he's Kevin. Yeah, yeah. He—he's he, Kevin Durant pre-trade. Hopefully, he stays here. Uh, um, God, that'll be awful, dude. Oh my God. Let's not even get into yeah, that. I don't even, I don't you could really also argue. You could also argue. I know this is this is not. Maybe where this question was intended to go, and I'm asking it, so I guess I could go whatever direction <laughs> I wanted to. But Kenny Dillingham, yeah, KD and KD, right? You want to talk about somebody absolutely turning something around, right? It's it's got to be Kenny Dillingham, regardless of all the players, all the players that we have talked about. Kenny's responsible for getting him here, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it certainly is. It, it's obviously harder to do that. That coach to coach to player um, comparison. Shout out Bear Down for just had to click on this. Had to click on this the second I saw Kevin Durant of transfers. Huh? It's almost like we did that on purpose. It's almost like we were doing our job here. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, also like they've left the left out of this conversation for obvious reasons. But baseball and softball had. Two very different but important off seasons. Yeah, both uh, specifically baseball with a lot of transfers could have a whole uh, Katie in waiting um, on one of those teams too. Um, but there are a lot of you look around. There are a lot of a lot of people who have transferred in who are making um, big impacts. I mean, shout out Ty Skinner too. Yeah, uh, another another one. Uh, I mean, obviously women's basketball has had a very just very hard season, but I mean, she has been uh, kind of a. a a bright spot in the darkness of women's basketball season. So there, there, there is a, there is a handful of of really impactful transfers across ASU athletics, um, which is nice. I think it goes kind of like Kenny was talking about in the thing. You get people to, uh, to Arizona, it's a really nice place, and especially people who are, are later in their college careers, getting a chance to spend a year or two here and make an impact here. 
there's a reason that you can kind of see a trend across all of the sports. Absolutely. Talking about some of these impactful transfers, whether it be ASU hockey, soon to be ASU baseball, ASU basketball, and ASU football. Guys, if you want to go check any of those players out at their respective sports, why don't you guys go check out Game Time mm. and get your tickets through them because you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description they got tickets guys for just about everything and they are super affordable and the mm. app the interface of it all is super easy to use um, so go check it out again game time save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy tickets last minute the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description yeah i'm looking forward to using game time to get out to some baseball and softball games the worst part about softball last year though Especially at the end of the season, it was so damn hot. It was very hot, and that was before we had any bad birdies. So that I wasn't. I, we didn't have. I mean, you're dripped down on it, looking beautiful and Thank comfy. You. I appreciate um, you. Anthony Totri, the sex symbol. Um, shout okay. out, bad birdie. You too can be a sex symbol. Um, but yeah, no softball was so hot. Didn't have the bad birdie. Bad birdie, so nice, light, breathable. Would have been real nice. Was sweating in my like Walmart brand polo. <laughs> was not nearly as comfortable as bad birdie. Um, and if you want to be comfortable and a sex symbol. Like Toe Tree, um, check out badbirdygolf.com. Use promo code PHNX underscore sports15 for 15% off your order at badbirdygolf.com. You know, it's still it's still not all that warm. They've got hoodies for you, but once it, you know it's starting to heat up, they've got polos, they've got quarter zips, they've got hats, all. they've got bucket hats, they have everything you can need um, to look good on the golf course or at home on your comfy more furniture recliner. Uh, that you don't have salsa on. Um, so check them out. BadBirdyGolf.com. Get it on you. Guys, that's going to do it for today's show. If you enjoyed the content, give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Totri. You can follow Shane, the man on Radio Row, at Shane Deef. You can follow Sean DePause at Sean underscore DePause. A sex symbol as always. We will see you guys Wednesday live at 2 p.m. with a special guest who's going to be joining us in Ooh. studio. Keep up with us on Twitter to find out who it's going to be. For now, though, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Peace.